coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. It's like a nice ghost. Maybe. Maybe. No, that's what it wants you to think. That's true. It could be that like date creeper. It could be a pervy ghost. Like a guy on the date that's like, seems nice, but really just put something in your drink and you didn't know. Well, no, it did say that it kind of messed with other people. It pushed right? other people mm-hmm. and people yeah. saw a shadow man. And this is funny. I guess she asked her mom and her mom said, I did see a shadow man yeah. one time. But the funny thing is that despite that, it was a peaceful place. I saw a demonic shadow man that carried a knife around. But other than that, it was, <laughs> it was very peaceful. I mean, I guess I could see if it's they never pestered you. Once in a while, you'll see a shadow in the corner of your eye. You might not be concerned about it. Right. But it was pushing yeah, other people and petting your daughter in a closet. Yeah. Petting, it was the softest of touches. It was it's true. the softest of touches. It was the softest of touches. It was the softest of that's interesting because that story in Jefferson County, it was reported as an upright walking canine and the media somehow got a hold of it and they reported it as a Bigfoot. Yeah. How often does that happen? How often do people just not tell the stories because they sound crazy? Yeah, no one believes in werewolves. When you tell an average guy on the street this, they're like, come on. Yeah, you're a Therianthrope. Like you can get bitten. You know, you have all these visions of people with torn jeans and ripped white theaters. And the superstitions that come along with it and right. that transformation. Not that that's impossible. Right, but that's a lot more outlandish than an upright walking canid species that has existed for millennia just in small pockets living underground. That And it also sounds crazy <laughs> as I say it, but it's a lot more believable than someone transforming. But to my point, I don't think Jeremy experienced a kangaroo. That's what, that's what I'm going to no. say. No, 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 no. Unless it was a magic kangaroo. Okay, fairy ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to go in those unless you want to be taken to another realm. Oh, realm. so they do take you. Abduction. Yeah, missing time. Uh-huh. Usually the concept is years and years pass by, Rip Van Winkle kind of stuff, if you come back at all. Right. But they trick you. Don't drink any liquids, John. If you get taken into a fairy realm, do not drink or eat anything. Why? Because you will not come back. Well, what if it's better? Oh, if you like you enjoy the fairy realm? Yeah. Ah, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we get into some stories? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Conspiracy, synchronicity, Sasquatch, homunculus, alien races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. That, Close the door, in. Jeremy. Close your door. What's the uh, inner Earth disagreements? Ghost Dad. <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, magicians are demons, specters, spirits, sleep paralysis, strange disappearances, sky whale phenomena, yes! alternative history, shadow people. Shh, quiet. I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeists. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf towers. I would never talk about. It. That's old. Y2K. Cover-ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello, hello. What's up, people? Welcome to the hole. I am your host, Jeremy. Yes. I'm Chris. Yes. And I am your beloved John. There you go. Save the best for last. <laughs> Excellent. Gross. Yes. Delicious dessert. Welcome to Listener Stories. <laughs> yes. Welcome to six. Listener Stories. Number six. Six, yeah. six, six. Nope. Just six. <laughs> just six. <laughs> My odometer said that again the other day. Really? I always seem to notice it when it's, maybe that's just what happens in you. Notice it when the devil's in your car. Numerical pareidolia. Yeah. You do have like evil spirits following around, I'm pretty sure. I don't think lately. No, they're always with you. <laughs> there was that one I saw a few days ago. It was. What? I think. It was just one of those when you're waking up and you think you see a man walking oh, past yeah, yeah, the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. He's always around. Yeah. It's Jeff. Jeff's fine. I've never seen a shadow man. 
Well, this I was have. one of those like waking dreams, so I wouldn't count it. Speaking of shadow men, we've got a few shadow people in this episode. Yes, so this episode coming up, guys, is going to be fun. We have some really, really good stories. Here we got shadow people on the walls. We've got mm-hmm. campground hauntings, which will be fun. Yep, astral spiders. Yeah, child eaters in the ceiling. Okay, that's a little much. It's intense. Child eaters in the ceiling. Or around this the ceiling. Is a listener story? Mm-hmm. Are you sure they're wow. child eaters? Well, that's what the baby child said. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's creepy. Oh, that's, yeah, that's real. There's, there, we got some creepy ones coming up. Fun. Yeah, fun. <laughs> creepy is fun. I watched some of The Conjuring last night. The original? Mm-hmm. That's a good movie. It's pretty creepy. Well done. That series is pretty, most of them. James I mean, Wan? Yeah, I think that was his name. Good filmmaker? He also did Insidious. Mm-hmm. Conjuring's based off of Ed and Lorraine Warren. We did yeah. an episode on I've, them. I've seen it before, and I remember it being pretty creepy, and I started watching it again last night. Yeah. You know what else I watched the other day was The Ritual again. Oh, so good. That's really disturbing. No, man. Really well done, though. The ending, though, is I almost wish they wouldn't... Have shown the creature? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was so creepy before that. Still a great movie if you've yeah. never seen it. Not that whole Blair Witch element in the one scene. There's a scene of spoilers alert. No spoilers alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Did I say that right? Uh, there may be a spoiler here. Maybe not. But there's one scene where a fella in this movie, The Ritual, really good movie, about a, a friends who go out hiking. Camping, yeah. Right? yeah, it's great. I haven't seen each other in a long time. Just It's got that good like friend. It's got everything. It's got it. Friendship, adventure, mystery, horror. Dark, pure evil. Mountains? Pure evil. Yeah. Witchcraft. It, do you remember, John, when you watched it last night? Was it Sweden it took place in? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. A Norse mythology plays heavily into the... Yeah. But the creepiest part of that movie is when they first get into that cabin and they all wake up. <sighs> yeah. Oh, man. That's the Blair Witch aspect. So the part that feels like something is very wrong and unnatural here. Yeah. You know, like... When they first realize something is like... Something's off. That guy wakes up worshiping an oh, idol. Oh, that reminds... So that scene, so there's creepy. a scene where like... You feel it. It's like that missing time aspect yeah. too. Yeah, he wakes up in front of like this idol, effigy essentially, and he doesn't You're know how to get there. You're going to just start telling... I said spoiler alert. Okay. We're all adults here. It's still worth watching, obviously. Yeah, the point is, there's just one small aspect to it, but that reminded me of that scene in, in well, here's another spoiler alert, End of the Blair Witch. <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about spoiling the Blair Witch. Where there's that guy, it's all POV, you know, with the handy cam yeah. coming in, and then get down to the basement, and there's just that, the friend that went missing, I think that's who it was, that's just seen staring in the corner. Oh, yeah. All the way up against the wall, just obviously something possessing Man, him. It's how the same many times, feeling in that ritual movie. How many times did that get ripped off? Exactly. Someone standing in the corner looking oh, at yeah. the... It's so creepy when they're in the corner looking away from you. Why are they there? I ask, why are you guys letting me continue? <laughs> <laughs> cut me off. This is what happens when you don't cut Jeremy off. All right. Anyway, but no, so we do have some great... We have a Dogman story. Our first... Oh, yeah. There's another thing, too. And this story is actually pretty freaky, and it really affected the fellow. A good guy, um, Jeremy, who we'll get to his story coming up. Uh, are you talking about yourself in third person? No. <laughs> Jeremy I, wrote it. <laughs> I finally, yeah, I wanted a dogman story so bad. Who's that, that I, desperate? But no, I've talked to him uh, on the social medias and uh, he's a good guy. I trust him. But his story, yeah, it affected him. It's a, it's a kind of a serious story, yeah, but it is a dogman the story. Dogman, it would affect you too. That's, and that's the thing, like, you know, it's one of these things that becomes a caricature, right? Like Bigfoot or anything else mm-hmm. or, you know, the green dogman aliens. Be, I think it would be way scarier well, to see. Yeah, to me personally, yeah, absolutely. It'd be terrifying. Yeah. Something so unnatural like that, too. Bigfoot seems like this shy, you know. Generally. <laughs> Generally. I think that's, that's He's true. always just trying to get away. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> always trying to get to somewhere. Stealing desserts. You, know. you happen to it's intercept more like, him. It's more like seeing a gorilla in the woods. It's just, but like to see a seven foot tall, rippling muscled dog yeah. man with teeth and. Yeah, it's just it's naturally brutal. predatory. Like, right. you know, because if Bigfoot had fangs, it might be different. If that's he had big true. canines, but he's a plant eater. There are brutal accounts of Bigfoot experiences, I'm abduction, sure things like that. Actually, I do want to do an episode, if you guys are interested, at some point on the freakiest Bigfoot stories yeah. that are mm. terrifying. I have a bunch marked ready to go. Let me know when you want to do it. Bigfoot. 
I know, John is not, but I'm going to make it interesting if it's, for you. Yeah, if it's the best of the best. Depend on how you experience Bigfoot, he he is a monster, yeah, right? He's obviously. not just a big, hairy, you know, maybe a holdover from Gigantopithecus. Maybe there's that other dimensional aspect to him. He's a dimensional traveler. Yeah, just like the Dogman and the, uh, the Snallygaster. Snallygaster, oh, you always have to put him in there. <laughs> well, he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get a lot of representation. He play, you know? When you say it, though, it just makes me think of silliness. Silly gaster. <laughs> Try to talk someone like at a dinner table about the snallygaster. Snally oh, the other day I was uh, thinking about the snallygaster. <laughs> what do you guys? What are your thoughts on the snallygaster? <laughs> Did you think he's as probably likely to be alive as Bigfoot? Just or? trying to get a consensus at the dinner table. Not here. as likely as the snarlyow. <laughs> snarlyow. <laughs> oh, before we get into the stories, I just wanted to say, speaking of Dogman. Someone sent in a video, and I never thought about this before, but watching it, uh, someone had listened to our Dogman episode and sent in a video of kangaroo tapping on the glass. Oh, yeah. It reminded mm-hmm. them of our Dogman episode, the story of, you know, which is a common thing with Dogman, the tapping on the glass. Yeah. But I watched the video, and I never thought about it, but kangaroos look a lot like bipedal dogmen. Well, that's what he... Like, close up? Like, it's like, it keeps yeah. hitting the glass. I forgot I was going to mention this. I'll put this in the show notes, guys. If you're in the forest somewhere in North America and you're not expecting a kangaroo, and for some reason there's a kangaroo that approaches your window, I could see your mind not going immediately to kangaroo, but trying to f- put into place what you're looking at. And it's, they do have sort of a dog-like head in a way. So I could see, like, if you see that and they got the little paws, you know? Mm-hmm. I could see how you could see a kangaroo and think it's a dog-type yeah. band creature. Yeah, but it'd have to be so big, right? Oh, man, yeah. That's okay, so I, I just popped up a video for John. Dude. <laughs> that would hand on the window. I, okay, so this came from a friend that on Instagram. freaky. Okay, that's what the dog man is. can totally see the dog man in there, right? His suggestion was, yeah, I think he's a friend in Australia, and his suggestion was that a lot of people report the tapping on the glass in this muzzle. Right. And it's very similar to the, like, I could see in the dark, maybe with eyes reflecting. Of course, this would not explain all dogman experiences all in any way. Well, especially if you're not in Australia. But this would still be freaky. That's true. Uh, we do have uh, some U.S. kangaroos. They're, that is a cryptid that people really? talk about. Yeah. Uh, so here, John, here's a little, here's a little taste. Imagine this being at nighttime, coming down the stairs and just seeing, if you just see the eyes reflection in the claws and like the snout, right? What the hell? Dude, they're really strong too. Yeah. Look how big their claws are. Those are deadly animals. Oh, yeah. Their feet are incredibly powerful too, aren't they? Don't they kick people? Oh, yeah, they killed people. Oh, my gosh, dude. They're like freaking gorillas. So in this video that we'll link in the show notes, guys, arguably he's seeing his own reflection. So he's standing up trying to alpha dominate, right? He sent me another one too. I'll put them in the show notes, guys. But I, I just what thought that was an interesting a weird ask. animal. That was crazy. I've never seen a kangaroo act like that. Well, should we get into some stories? Yep. Let's do it. Let's go to the first speak pipe. The first story. Okay. He comes from inside the wall by Sula Rose. When I was little and I'd be laying in my bed right before I'd fall asleep, a man would come out of the wall. He would sneak out of the shadow that was created between where the bed met the wall. It's terrifying. He would poke me in my stomach, right in my belly button, and I'd be too scared to open my eyes. I'd be so terrified, I would just lay there, and eventually I would fall asleep. So this happened for several nights, and every time I would lay down, I'd put my hand over my belly, because I didn't want to expose it. And then I noticed also after some time, vibrations started happening. So my bed would shake back and forth. And I always imagined that I was on a raft in the ocean. (laughs) Interesting. And then after I I would experience the vibrations, I was always able to get up 
run outside, jump in the air, and start flying. So these were what I thought were my dreams, but only later did I realize that I was astral projecting. That's interesting. Makes sense with vibration. Now, I don't know who came out of the wall, and I don't know if they gave me that ability. I always thought that maybe they activated a chakra or they did something else. And I've had many experiences in the astral realm, but I've never discovered who that was. So I always wondered, was it a goblin? Was it a ghost? An interdimensional being? Now, only once did I see his face, and it really scared me. I had to have my eyes open that night, and I saw him come out of the wall. He had white hair and this really big, scary smile. And he actually looked a lot like, and don't laugh too hard, Orville Redenbacher. Creepy. I'm not kidding. When I used to walk through the grocery store with my mom, I was terrified to look at the popcorn boxes. So this is not a joke, and it really happened, and it scared me so much that to this day, I still hold my hand over my stomach when I sleep. Telling you, there's something to do with yeah. the stomach. Mm-hmm. Like when it's exposed, I have nightmares, like mm-hmm. bad nightmares. That's right, you said that I before. I can't sleep on my back because I will have horrific nightmares. Really? And that I feel like something is attacking me. I sleep on my side, I never have nightmares. Really? Yeah, never. I, I know consciously if I'm laying on my back, I can't sleep that way because really? I wake up with nightmares. I have to sleep on my back. Really? Well, I did for a while because I had that back issue. The only way I could sleep was my back or I would wake up in pain all the time. Hmm. I was possessed a lot in that period of time. Yes, I, you are. <laughs> still. Yes, you are. Uh, no, that's fascinating. Well, that's a creepy picture of Orville Redenbacher. Yeah, I, I brought up this video. It's an old commercial of Orville. Imagine him smiling. Yeah. He looks like, obviously, like a nice guy, but there's something also that could be very creepy. Yeah, if he's coming out of your wall in the middle of the Hello, night. I'm Orville Redenbacher from Valparaiso, Indiana. Orville Redenbacher's Gourmet Popping Corn. Try it. Damon! <laughs> Gourmet Popping Corn. He was like a nice fella. I was going to say it was interesting when she's talking about the vibration, just like the stomach stuff, the chakra stuff. I knew she was going to go to the astral traveling because that's you know, the vibration, all that leads up to that. So I just thought it was interesting, her wondering, did that thing activate something in her to allow her to have all this astral travel. Well, it is interesting the idea of like if you're in say night paralysis for instance or you have an experience with something like the shadow creature, mm-hmm. the shadow person interesting to consider the idea of astral projecting as a way to defend your consciousness or your subconsciousness like to escape it in that moment versus the idea of it giving you that you know ability or helping you train you in some kind of or leaving psychic you exposed. Way. Well of course then that's another problem too is if you do astral travel and you are projecting you could potentially be leaving your corporeal form exposed. Right. So yeah, maybe he was expelling her in an effort to take over her body. Which, sorry, Sue, that was a pretty dark. That's uh, the soul eject button is now in the belly button? Perhaps, yeah. That's where the eject key is. But no, that's an interesting story. She actually suggested after the fact that Orville Redenbacher might be a screen memory. That whatever she was seeing was using her memory of the vision of Orville Redenbacher, assuming... A friendly potentially old yeah, man. Because he's an old, unassuming fella. And using that to put over the place of the... Uh, yeah, that's like, creepy. Like the chapstick. The placeholder. Yeah. Like, actually, the guy on YouTube, you remember the sort of Big Bird Muppet story in the closet? What we covered in the Boogeyman episode? Yeah, and he, what does he say? He says, like, uh, have some chapstick. It'll make you feel good. That's right. Yeah, it'll make you feel good. And the idea that, like, whatever was in the closet. <laughs> this is a weird thing that's to what, say. And so there's a guy, uh, Son of Sam, I think his name on YouTube, but he made a comment. It was like, uh, it's like, I'd hate to know what that big bird, if it was a screen memory, what it was a screen memory for. What it actually looked yeah. like. What the thing actually Especially was. Especially offering the chapstick. And yeah. It sounds a little disturbing. Creepy. 
But yeah, no, that is a creepy, creepy story, Sue. So I've talked to her after the fact to get a little more information. Interesting, yeah, she mentioned that... Uh, oh, he even had the glasses. Yeah, the glasses. Interesting. Yeah, the, the screen memory, or that she thinks it might be a screen memory. Right. That vision had the glasses and all uh, with Orville Redenbacher. But apparently she's had sleep paralysis a lot. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that sleep paralysis would lead her into an astral projection. It's common. That was my experience. Yeah. And I, on a previous episode, I talked about, John, I think you remember this, because you're like, why you never told me that? Where I told you about the spiders that I see climbing the walls. Mm-hmm. So I see these giant, and I haven't seen them in a while, but it was pretty regular for a while where I would see these giant spiders climbing up and down the wall. And it was always immediately after waking up. And it's that in-between time where like my mind's trying to figure things out. So I always, right. I always assumed that it was... Uh, some sort of funky dream thing? Yeah, it was just like my mind just making... Waking dreams. Seeing maybe blurs in my eyes from opening and glaucoma and casting shadows. Yeah, but they're always very real-looking giant spiders climbing up on the wall. Anyways, so she had this little anecdote after the fact that related to that, and she wanted to know if I astral traveled, because I guess when she has, she would see these things. Mm. She said, I'll never forget the first time I saw the spider. I was living in an old home with my then-boyfriend. I was in bed... My boyfriend was sound asleep and I was just about to doze off. I saw an enormous spider about the size of a 15-pound dog and it crawled up the wall and came across the ceiling and started to descend down, right down toward the face of my boyfriend. I feel like, good, the glass on me. It was only a couple of inches away from his face and I screamed bloody murder. He woke up to me screaming at him. There's a giant spider, a giant spider. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. We turned on all the lights and looked all around, but there was no spider to be found. I couldn't go to sleep for the rest of the night and had to sleep in another room with the lights on all night. I was absolutely terrified. After some time, I got used to them. When I would astral project back, then I would always see the big spiders around. I would see them when waking up as well. Oh, like you. Yeah, they would just leave me alone and didn't really come near me. I hated how big they were. I never thought for a minute that maybe they were attached to me or attaching to other people. I just kind of figured that they were benign. But now as I'm older and I project less frequently, I have no desire to ever see them again. I wouldn't be surprised if they were parasitic. Occasionally when I wake up and as soon as my eyes open for the first time in the morning, I see little ones about four inches big crawling on the wall. When I fully wake up, they disappear. Those big ones creep me out. Um, So I was curious if anyone else out there might see these, Mm -hmm. these large black spiders. We just talked about the sea of entities that might be around us at all times mm-hmm. that we can't see. It would be so Is interesting. Is that a hypnagogic state right there? Before and after kind I of think so. consciousness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see the faces. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wonder, like, how fascinating it would be to, like, if you had some astral traveler who just cataloged, almost like some oh, yeah. explorer from the 19th century going out to different continents to find new animals, but explore the astral realm and document what sort of, I mean, it would be obviously dangerous. Sounds like a thing. Experience, but with all the parasitic entities and whatever else might be out there that might be benign, but just mm-hmm. the idea that, like, what is out there that's swimming around all the time. I'm actually, I'm, I'm most positive I've come across blogs that actually have cataloged what they supposedly experience while astral projecting. Oh, really? And some people, of course, I think are just, you know, blowing smoke. Mm. Uh, but some people might be experiencing well, what's his name? Uh, the guy we covered on our out-of-body episodes, Robert Monroe. Mm-hmm. The book we did of his, he he did have different sections on different sorts of an animal-like entities and things. Just That's right. I thought that'd be a fascinating topic, that idea. Maybe down the road. Well, thank you for your submission, Sue. That was pretty uh, intriguing. Yeah. She did have one small note about the, uh, I guess she had a dream catcher up. Mm-hmm. that cast a shadow and she said uh, she saw a lone spider on the ceiling and uh, when she followed it with her eyes 
it eventually it disappeared into the shadow cast by the Dreamcatcher. Hmm. And then when she took the Dreamcatcher down, obviously the shadow was gone. She thought that was interesting oh, kind of play with these things that maybe they transport through the shadow. And that reminds me of that story in Ireland, that elf. Remember that one that was caught, small gnome creature caught oh, yeah. rolling up a man's shadow. He was trying <laughs> oh, to cut man. his shadow off yeah. and roll it up. And that idea that you could use a shadow to transfer between these realms. That was in our gnomes episode. That was a fantastic story. That was a, cool a weird idea? story. Yeah. And so fantastical mm-hmm. and magical. Yeah, I wouldn't mind revisiting and that. What happens if they steal your shadow? Ask Peter Pan. Can't be good. Maybe when you die, you have a lot harder time transferring to the next life. You know, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's it's some sort of metaphysical key. It could be currency in the other realm. Yeah, well, my idea was that like if you wanted to operate in this world as another entity, if you had the shadow, that was like kind of like your... Oh, right. Yeah, it was like your skeleton shadow key people. or your Uber. Could that explain shadow people? They're wearing people's shadows. Right. That's to creepy. enter into this realm. Or they're just dark. Or they're just dark. They're just, dark. <laughs> <laughs> just some gnome with just, like a shadow collection. It's like his weird little <laughs> hobby. <laughs> What's the next yeah. story? All right, John, you want to do this? Thank you, Sue. Yes, thank you, Sue. This is uh, this was submitted by Robert Allen, and I call it... It eats children. It eats children. At my ex-wife's parents' house, when I lived there with her briefly... Our daughter would go in the laundry room that was in the basement and stare up in the corner and say, baby, 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 and it eats children. Freaky. And point all the time in the same spot in the corner of the ceiling. After a while, I started having these nightmares of this house out in the middle of nowhere. It was so vivid that I could smell the hay outside and the must and the dust in the house. I would be in the house and there was a specific room in the house that was pitch black. If you started walking towards it, or if you were on the floor above it, it would make you freeze to where you couldn't move and couldn't scream. Then suddenly, you would get knocked down by some unseen force, and some shadowy figure would grab you and start dragging you towards it. Oh, really? I also would have nightmares of the same black shadowy figure outside the window, and after a while, Everyone in the house started having the exact same nightmares about the same house and the same shadowy figure. Everyone was really scared, and we couldn't figure out why this was happening. We got divorced a few years ago, and I have not had that dream since I left the house. I'm convinced there's something in that house that is more or less haunting them. This summer I was traveling for work, and I took a detour through a town thinking I might find some cool photo opportunities and I stumbled across this abandoned farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere in Northeast Colorado and almost crapped my pants because it was exactly the house from my dreams. I even took pictures and sent them to the ex-wife and she freaked out too. It was perfectly identical down to the last detail. I got back in my car and I drove through the night without stopping, not wanting to be anywhere near that place. It's crazy. That's bizarre. Yeah. Liar. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. That comes from Bob Allen. Yeah, that's crazy. It's funny because when I read that story, the beginning opening line is pretty creepy with a child mm-hmm. pointing up in the laundry room. It eats children. Yeah. It eats and children. baby, like, is it a baby that, or an entity that looks like a baby that's eating children? Because she says baby, 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 baby. Just because it was small. Maybe. Or it had a baby up there getting ready to eat it. Like a know. baby caught in the spider web? Yeah. Like a baby, like baby, baby, baby. And then looking at your parents, it eats children. Save the baby, you know? That's terrifying. That's disturbing, man. It was interesting, though. I just thought how it went from that to 
his nightmares and then other people in the house having those same nightmares with the same figure, there was that corroboration. So that's interesting because it seemed like the dreams that they were having were about a different house. Yeah. And if it's the same one he saw in Colorado, it was like almost like a premonition. But why was it connecting to that home? That's the question. That's the mystery. That's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, Bob, for your freaky yeah. experiences. The house one's kind of interesting. Probably a good thing you didn't go in there. Oh, the one in Colorado? Yeah. Maybe he was having those dreams to warn him. That's possible. Yeah. Interesting. Anything's possible. Anything. Anything. <laughs> Thank you for that submission, Yeah, thanks, Bob. Bob. Definitely creeptastic. If anyone has information on what is in the corner, please let us know <laughs> so that we can have more nightmares. Keep it to yourself. So who's next here? We have Jaron Daniels. Yeah, Jaron sent this one in. I call it the many hands while camping. This is a fascinating story, and there was a, a tragic event that occurred in this area where they end up camping and the ramifications relate to their experience. Lost miners, right? Lost miners. And you guys might be familiar with this town. You might be familiar with the tragic event that occurred in Schofield, Utah mm. in 1900, but we'll get to that. There is always something different that happens when my cousin, myself, and my twin brother get together. We grew up together and have a lot in common. My grandma is half Hopi Indian, and although she never delved into the culture much, we were fascinated by this idea due to the Hopi connection with the star people and the fact that they decided to stay in mountainside caves over the traditional teepee huts. I've always heard how being involved in this culture can make you more susceptible to the supernatural. And let me just say, when the three of us got together, this was damn right. Back in the city, my cousin, brother, and I would go ghost hunting on occasion. The crazy thing is, we would always catch great EVP recordings, videos, and pictures. Our interest in the paranormal was pretty high during this time in our lives, and every summer we would go to Schofield, Utah for a family reunion on the Hopi side of the family. Most of our family is LDS Mormon on that side, unlike the three of us. So we found the gatherings to be a bit boring, and we always liked the idea of exploring the town because it's an old mining town with an actual mining disaster that took the lives of upwards of 200 people on May 1st, 1900. To us, this also meant more ghost activity. This was the second day of the reunion and my grandpa Gary told the three of us to go have fun exploring. And then he added the caveat and smiled as he said, make sure you don't take anything from the ground and take it home with you. Something creepy could want it back. We all knew he had a joking side and laughed about it. That particular night, the youth and the family, besides the three of us, wanted to go to the actual location of the mine disaster. This was in the middle of two big canyons to the side of the main part of the town. A really spooky looking place at night, for sure. Also, it's in the middle of the Wasatch Mountains at 8,000 feet elevation. Bears, cougars, who knows. Reluctantly and against my better judgment, I decided to go with them. We had a cool setup though. The four-wheeler was pulling all of us up there in a back trailer with chairs attached to it. As we neared the canyon, we decided to park the four-wheeler and go out on foot to see if we could get closer to the old ruins of the mine. This includes an old general store that is missing two of the walls and a few cool mine shafts. As we walked, my cousin stumbled upon an old artifact, like an old spoon or something. I can't remember what it was exactly. It was definitely something from that era meaning the era of the mine disaster. He picked it up and decided to keep it as an heirloom keepsake. Uh-oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Number one rule. <laughs> right. We caught some random creepy whistles and noises unaccounted for in the group. Nothing too far out. We have a big family, so later that night, 
When people were winding down, some of us teenagers had to sleep in the backyard of the cabin with tents. This was fun and had never been a problem. The three of us shared a four-person tent. My cousin on one side, myself in the middle, and my brother on the side closest to the zipper. It was probably around 11.30 when we went to bed. Most everyone else had fallen asleep quite a bit before that. Around two to three in the morning, I was awoken by what I thought was excessive wind. The tent was shaking really heavily as if there were massive winds. I looked over to my cousin, Sean. I wanted to see if either of them were awake. I wanted to see if they saw how bad the tent was shaking. To my surprise, my cousin was awake and completely silent. He was just staring at me, basically in shock. When I looked up to see why the tent was shaking so bad, I could see multiple groups of hands, all about the size of children's hands. There was probably one set for every square foot of the tent. The tent was leaning near a street light post, so my logic was that I should have seen shadows of arms and potential bodies attached to those hands. This wasn't the case. All I could see were hands. One other thing, some of the hands were very low, attempting to poke at my brother's face as he slept. But the other hands wouldn't be able to push down on the top of the tent without falling into the tent from the sides if it was someone trying to scare us. So I stayed there, silently looking at Sean. He silently looked at me for what seemed to be many hours. The event probably only went on for 20 minutes. 20 minutes? That's a long time. Freaking hands coming down on you? years. The next morning, we asked one of the older cousins if they had been messing with us, but they were adamant that they hadn't been. Others that slept near me said they saw them sleeping throughout the night. We ate breakfast. I talked a lot about it with Sean and my brother Roman. Roman then mentioned that he was awake for some of it. He had also seen the hands, but he was too frightened to turn or say anything in fear of what was out there. We took the keepsake back to the canyon and threw it over a fence that separates the mine area from the dirt road going up to it. Needless to say, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 It's interesting that in that moment you'd know that natively, but sleeping there and having the hands come down directly above you in the tent, knowing that if you were someone standing outside, Mm -hmm. there's no way you wouldn't be leaning against the tent. Right. Because you can't reach that far into the center and push down without, you know what I mean? Like, how would you be floating in the air? Yeah. Essentially is the idea, right? That these things aren't bound by our physical law. I wonder, I should reach back and ask, but I wonder if there was any voices. Like, you think if it was people trying to, like, mess with you, they'd be trying to make spooky, creepy voices and saying things. That's a lot of dedication. If it's just silent hands. You'd need a director at that point. Okay, guys, no one's going to say anything. And for 20 minutes, we're going to just slowly stuck our hands. And you might have to go to the bathroom. You might want to say something. Yeah, John, you're a big brother. Wouldn't at some point you'd want to like go to the extreme of the joke? John would just he'd go, they're tree scorpions, and then leave. Oh, how did it end? Did it just disappear? Yeah, it just sounds like eventually it stopped. I always wonder, sometimes I hear stories like this and there's no ending to it. How did it end? We'll have to ask him. Yeah. It sounded like what happened was eventually over time they stopped coming down and they were just too petrified to leave the tent. Yeah, I I mean, that makes sense as far as why you wouldn't know more just because you were so scared that you just couldn't move. Just stay frozen. Right. Yeah. Judging by what he told us, it sounds like that's probably what happened. That it just, they just eventually stopped. Good story. Creepy story. Uh, I just wanted to tie it up with uh, that area where that mine disaster took place. Yeah, where was this? Is in Utah? Yeah, there's a plaque attached uh, to a monument just outside the Schofield Cemetery there, mm-hmm. and it tells of the tragic story, and it reads, quote, At 1025 on the morning of May 1st, 1900, a keg of powder at the Winter Quarters Mine Number 4 ignited, causing coal dust to rise and also ignite. 
Subsequent explosions of 24 kegs of black powder also included nearby mine number one, killing a total of 200 miners, although some rescuers placed the total as high as 246, either from the explosions themselves or from suffocation in the resulting poisonous gas. Many others were injured in what was the nation's worst coal mining disaster at the time. And then I thought this was interesting because it could relate to the story. Miners who had escaped the blast joined by others from the nearby mines entered the shafts in a heroic effort to rescue those trapped inside, but mostly it became a mission to retrieve bodies, the last of which came out of the mine 11 days later. So 11 days they were pulling people from this place. The disaster left 107 widows and 268 fatherless children. That's really sad. I just thought that was an interesting note there. Did you know that 11 days in ghost years is 20 minutes? That explains the amount of time that the hands oh, God, were pushing down really bad. on the tent. Boom, boom, boom. That's a good time for a break, though, I think. Thank you for your submission. Yeah, that was a, that was a great story. It sounds like he's, like, bowing down to you. <laughs> oh, your submission. <laughs> Thank you for your Thank submission. Thank you for your submission, sir. <laughs> you are relieved. Uh, thanks for sending in the story. A definitely creepy experience. Um, yeah, to be sure. Yeah, well, we have more to get to, and... Uh, Oh, yeah. Was there something you want to mention, John, before yes, we Yes, I've got a couple of the stingers. We oh, have yes. three today. Ooh, three supporter stingers. Yes. We've got Sound Iron, another one from Sound Iron, oh, and nice. we have Madison Miller and Lena. Awesome. Ooh-ah. And Ooh-ah. I wanted to quickly just <laughs> dated. mention the people that we have left to do. And okay. if you don't hear your name and we owe you one, just get a hold of us and we'll... Don't you lie. Don't be a liar. Don't be a liar. Don't try to sneak a don't stinger try to sneak out of us. Because we'll know. Yeah. So we've got... These people left. Logan, mm-hmm. John Gonzalez, Ken Higgins. Oh, yeah. Carrie Oliver. Mm-hmm. Steven Rogers. DJ Benson. Oh, yeah. Who? Pat Brooks. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. what's up? All the friends get left behind. And Erica Oz, which Erica, we're doing yours next week. Might be a mark in there, too. I'll have to check. A mark? Oh, double check on Mark, yeah. It's mm. a good guy. Yeah. School friend. Old school chum. His lady, too. All right, so after that. that, I'm going to take a break. But, okay, so we have a special one for uh, Sound Iron, our friends at Sound Iron. What, what? Good peeps. And they make virtual instruments. Yes. Really cool sounding stuff that we use for the show. And they have a promo code that they'd like to share for something called the Aztec Death Whistle. Oh, that's (laughs) terrifying. Have you heard of of them? Yeah, I think it's kind of like... Are they made out of bone? I don't know. Traditionally. Um, Right? I I think they are. You could look at the description real quick. But it's for 50% off. I definitely think it's probably cool to use in any kind of horror stuff. It has a distinct sound, right? Yes. It's a folk wind instrument that captures the dark soul of the ancient Aztec death whistle, a ceremonial clay resonator used during human sacrifice rituals. Whoa. Everybody needs one of those. In warfare at the height of the Aztec empire in Central America during the 14th and 15th centuries. Interesting. I think I saw a really interesting documentary on this. We'll link it in the show notes if I can find it. So yeah, so basically, if you want to check that out, code is 50% off, and the code itself is beliefhole3. So beliefhole, all one word, lowercase, and the number three. Get it. Go get that if you're interested in any kind of creative sound work. Yeah, you don't have to sacrifice people to use it. You can use it for really anything. One, One more thing, it is played in something called the contact player. And you have to have the full thing if you want to use it as an instrument, but it also comes with just the wave files. Oh, cool. So you can just use the wave files independently. Cool. Hey, guys, yeah. check that out and appreciate your support so much. Yeah. yeah. Really do. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Are you going to play this now? Is that yep. the idea? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I call upon the great forces of the unseen to do my bidding. I call upon the great <laughs> Dark Lord to appear and fulfill my desires. Why have you called upon the great Dark Lord of this realm? I, I need you to do my taxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't do taxes. That's ridiculous. But I summoned you, and I was under the impression that you'd do anything for me. Well, I have limits, you know. I mean, why don't you just go to a tax professional? I can't. I've, do I've done some things financially that I... I kind of need hidden, if you know what I mean. Well, I feel for you, man. I really do. <laughs> but again, this isn't really my wheelhouse. Do you want me to put like a hex on someone? <laughs> That's really where I feel most comfortable. No, this is what I called you to do, and I want you to do it. Now here are my receipts and my paperwork. Listen, buddy, I'm not gonna tell you again, okay? I'm not doing your taxes. Do you know who I am? I'm the freaking Dark Lord, King of the Dark. I don't care who you are. The ritual said that I can have you do anything. So you're gonna do it for me. And you're gonna do it now. That's it. That is it. That is it. I'm tired of this. of the lost creep upon this place, swell and blanket this vile thing. Wait, I call what are you upon doing? the darkest <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Dark oh, no, you're so not. confusion and directionlessness <laughs> upon this annoying person. Don't you dare! Thwart his summoning abilities and cage his desires <laughs> to ever call upon thee again. I can't believe he actually thought I was going to do his taxes. People are so dumb. <laughs> That's pretty great. Oh my gosh. We'll be back. Great. All right, guys, we'll be back. back people we are back people of the sun and the moon and the stars all right what's on the docket sirs so we have a speak pipe right Chris? yeah let's go to some audio shall we on the screen this speak pipe comes from alex t <laughs> he gets four doors <laughs> round two <laughs> all right uh i call this possessosaurus rex all right hey guys Alex T here. Can't wait for the new season to come out. I've been uh, getting caught up on the latest episodes of Belief Hole because I was kind of away on the holidays. And I just listened to the Tales from the Stocking, the Dark Toy episode. 
And it totally reminded me of something that happened in my life that up until I listened to this episode, I had totally forgotten about this. But when I was young, eight years old, I had this toy dinosaur and you'd press a button on it and its eyes would flash red and it would make these shrieking dinosaur roaring sounds. It was a, it was a T-Rex. So one night I, I go to bed, it's in my toy trunk in my room and it starts going off on its own. So that scares me. I run downstairs and get my dad. He comes upstairs and he rearranges it in the trunk, assuming that another toy was just pressing on the, the battery or, or the, the, the button. But like an hour later, it starts going off in my chest again. So I, I wake my parents up again. I'm freaking out. Uh, my dad goes on to stage two of the dinosaur containment plan. And he, <laughs> he removes the batteries. He's like, okay, this thing's busted. Some circuits busted, whatever. He takes the batteries out. And that's where things get weird, as you probably suspect, because it starts going off. And not right away, mind you, but it was like a few days later when it starts going off again in the toy chest, this time without any batteries at all. And so now my parents are freaked out. They took it out of my room. I think they assumed it was possessed or something, and they stowed it in the garage. And and they told me later that all through the night, their bedroom was on the other side of the garage wall, and all through the night, they could just hear this thing going off and screaming in the garage. Pretty freaky. With no batteries in it. So Days later, too. Yeah, I, I think I came into possession of a possessed T-Rex toy at one point in my life. Don't know where it came from. Don't know where it went. I assume my parents destroyed it. I just have no explanation for how this thing could have gone off. The battery cavity in the in the toy was totally empty. Maybe there was like a little bit of like some leftover juice or something, enough to power it on. Um, I don't understand how this thing could keep going off after like three days with no batteries. Not just like a little bit, like it would go off for a while. That's weird. It was unleashing its full roar. <laughs> so <laughs> you throw that away. <laughs> anyways, uh, there, there's my little story of demonic toys. I don't know how you can use it, but at least, you know, you got something else for the Belief Lane archives. So Boom. I'll see you later. Thanks, Alex. Yes. Number one rule of toyery. You cannot have a toy operating without batteries. You know, can you? I don't agree. Unless can like juice stay in a circuit like board or something? Diabolical toy maker was like, I'm gonna really mess with these people. There's a secret battery compartment that has yeah. a lithium <laughs> lifetime battery. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually. Unlikely. And it's also got oh a camera God, a, in it. What so. a great idea! As like a prank company to sell toys that don't need batteries to work, but you, like, yeah, there's a false compartment. What a great idea! That would be so <laughs> profitable. <These> guys, <laughs> I'm quitting the hole. <laughs> gonna be making any money? Okay, I thought it was. Good I've idea. got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. We're going to go under, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> we're going to put cameras in them. We're going to watch people freak out. And then we're going to make a reality Then we're show. going to jail. <laughs> then we're going to jail. It'll be worth it. Uh, I don't know how you go for jail for that. What are you talking about? Well, if you put cameras in kids' toys. Oh, cameras. <laughs> that might be an issue. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a... But you have something that relates to this, right? Yeah, it reminded me. We had a, a YouTube comment. I'll pull them occasionally when there's something that relates to something we're doing. But uh, this uh, was on our Boogeyman episode on YouTube. And by the way, guys, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet... You know, why not? <gasps> yeah. Give us a little bump. Yeah, go to YouTube.com and search Belief You Hole. guys do a good job with the, the visuals on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank we, you. Chris and I put together uh, some animations for the videos. and They make it a little more fun. Yeah. But anyways, point is, on the Boogeyman episode, we had a, someone comment. This comes from Divine Matrix. When I was little, I used to vividly see miniature dinosaurs running all around my feet at night. Aw. <laughs> when I wake up to use the bathroom, etc. I'd ask my parents about them, but they'd just laugh. It wasn't scary 
I'd jump all over, making sure not to step on them. LOL. I know it was just me seeing things in the dark, but they were so real to me at the time. Maybe that's what happened with the Chapstick Muppet story. Oh, back to the Chapstick Muppet. Wait a minute. Could this be another astral entity? Little dinosaur? You see the spiders, right? Uh Uh-huh. And so does Sue. So maybe, yeah. Maybe they're little dinosaur creatures. Maybe Divine Rex. Or Divine divine Rex. (laughs) Divine Matrix was seeing... uh, that same kind of in-between sleep state. Or, you know, you wake up and you see these things running around that aren't there. Fascinating. Yeah, it does sound like when I would see the spiders. Maybe her mother was feeding her LSD. That's probably the case. Most mothers do around that age. You never know. But to the point of the astral thing, it is weird when when I was talking to Sue about this, the spiders that I would see, they were so real to me. And she had a similar experience. When the spiders would be crawling on the ceiling, I'd turn the lights on and I would run out of the room. And this is like I'm an adult. Really? I'm not. I'm not scared because of the boogeyman. I'm scared of because gigantic fucking spiders coming down the wall. Of me. Yeah. So I would come back in and I would look for them just to make sure they're not under the. And as I'm like waking up, I'm realizing, okay, there's no way they're they're really that big. Like I'm not in you know the jungles of Cardosia. So you don't think this was Cardin- some that's <laughs> a place, right? <laughs> I want to go there. The jungles uh, of Cardosia. Not those giant spiders, though. Why is it that your brain just totally blanks at times? You could easily think of a place with so a jungle. Wasty. Costa Rica, Cambodia, but just blanks and you just gotta spit something out. Okay. The jungles of Cardosia. Cardosia. Like so, are you think that that's what you're real. seeing, or do you think that this is more like a dream? I mean, state? I always assume that it was just my brain, the hypagogic state, making yeah, I have, sense of what's going on. I just think you're a liar. I'm definitely not lying. I know that for sure. I'm just kidding. I don't think you're a liar. I know you. I know your soul. You know what I'd lie? You'd call me out on it. I would call you if you're lying. I would call you a liar. Cardosia is a stone, Jeremy. <gasps> stone of the jungle? How do you spell it? Cardosia and other varieties of slate. That's what I would have guessed. I think when you're smoking marijuana in a car, you Cardosia. Cardosia. <laughs> Sorry, that's so really bad. bad. <laughs> Man, these jokes today. Okay. Let's have some soft touches. Let's get to the soft touches. Cardosia. <laughs> John, you want to read soft touches? I'll read it. I haven't read yet. Soft this touches. comes from Kylie Dunbar. Thank you, Kylie. Good for friend this of the show, Kylie. I like this story. It's unique. Gentle Caressings by <laughs> Kylie Dunbar. Yeah, this is, uh, yes, definitely. In a closet, no less. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. where it happens? Soft touches. Yeah, I'm already interested. Who isn't? All right. When I was 21 or 22, I worked in a daycare with my mother. The building was an old schoolhouse with four rooms and two large storage spaces on each end. Every morning I would help my mom open the building, then take a nap in one of the storage closets next to her classroom. My shift didn't start for another one and a half hours. One morning I was trying to take a nap on a child-sized mat with a Tweety Bird blanket when I felt the softest of touches on my back. Soft touch. It startled me quite a bit, and I made a sharp squeak like a frightened mouse. Nope. Adorable. That is adorable. <laughs> I can totally picture that. Embarrassed, I turned over to see who had interrupted my attempted nap to see no one. The fuck? I gave up on my nap and went to ask my mom if she had come to wake me up. She hadn't, so I shrugged it off and forgot about the incident. A few weeks later, it happened again. I vividly remember it feeling like a hand stroking down my spine. A soothing sort of gesture, meant to help relax me. That's what they do. Odd but not threatening, I told a few of the girls I worked with about the soft touches. Elegant caresses. And I found out that I was not the only one feeling things. Most of them had been pushed, or seen shadow men in the classroom, and had since refused to go in there alone. I would too. My mom said the room felt peaceful to her, and she never saw anything out of the ordinary. I guess he liked her more than the other ladies. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know how to read that. 
I continued taking my naps there, and whatever was in that room continued giving me gentle pets. My coworkers thought I was insane, but he, or it, never gave me a bad feeling, so I didn't mind. Plus, it was the only quiet place in the whole building. I left that job for better opportunities and have not experienced anything like it since. It's like a nice ghost. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that's what it wants you to think. That's true. It could be that like that date creeper. It could be a pervy ghost. Like a guy on the date that's like, seems nice, but really just put something in your drink and you didn't know. It didn't hurt. Well, no, it did say that it kind of messed with other people. It pushed right? other people mm-hmm. and people yeah. saw shadow men. And this is funny. So her mom said that the room felt peaceful to her. And she never saw anything out of the ordinary, but then she followed up and said that... Well, she corrected that, yeah. I guess she asked her mom, and her mom said, I did see a shadow man yeah. one time. So that wasn't a big deal to her if her mom saw the shadow man. Well, that's the thing she... Yeah, she had actually seen them. But the funny thing is that despite that, it was a peaceful place. I saw a shadow man here and there, but, you know, it was a peaceful place. I saw a demonic shadow man that carried a knife around, but other yeah. than that, it was a pretty peaceful place. <laughs> it was very peaceful. I mean, I guess I could see if you see a shadow, you know, if you never have any... Feelings like, let's say, never pestered you. And you just ha- Once in a while, you'll see a shadow in the corner of your eye. You might not be concerned about it. Right. But it was pushing yeah, other people and petting your daughter in a closet. Yeah. Petting? It was the softest of touches. That's true. The softest of touches. It sounds like a great shampoo. The softest of touches. Thank you, Kylie, in Colorado. The yes. softest of duchess comes elegantly forward. <laughs> Presenting the softest of duchess. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's, it's late. towards the end of the show. Um... Arvada, Colorado. That's where it took place. By the way, I wanted to ask just because. Okay. Well, it's always interesting to see where these. Arvada, Arvada, Colorado. Sure, wasn't Cardoja? Yes, Jeremy. That's our second Colorado story today. Cardoja. Oh, give high, give Colorado high fives for us, guys. All right, I love this next story. It's short but sweet. Um, Jake, he sent us a few stories. I kind of broke them out into different sections. I want to do this one today. Is this a flicked into the abyss? Yes, this is flicked into the abyss. Or as I wanted to title it, the last meow. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back, John. The mind is just on the delay. <laughs> I used to have, yeah, never mind. What were you going to say? <laughs> Nothing. I used to have? Nothing. Well, no, we got to finish it now. No, I can't. All right. After 36 years, I'm still trying to grapple how your brain works. I'm always going to keep you guessing. <laughs> Beaches of sands. I'm, hmm, yep. One day, I was walking out my front door when a neighborhood cat that I had seen time and time again startled me by jumping off our side fence and making a groaning vocal cat noise. And just on reflex, I flicked my lit cigarette right at the cat. It was pure reflex. I would never purposely hurt a cat. I love my cat. The cig went right through the cat in a puff of embers, and he was gone without a trace. There was no bush he could have jumped in and nothing at all he could have hidden behind. He was just suddenly gone as if he was never there. But as God is my witness, that was a ghost cat. That's cool. I man. love that story. I just love I like that story. The idea he's just like, ah, oh, what the fuck? And then flicks a cigarette and just goes, <laughs> 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 just like, did God. he do it? Did he have some magical power when he Maybe it was someone's familiar, you know? Yeah. A witch's cat, and it just had powers of its own. Perhaps. That's great. I just love it. Maybe it wasn't even a cat. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe it was maybe it was a trans-dimensional thing. Yes, that could be. <laughs> it could have been the shape-shifting lion. Maybe tamer. it shifted into mm-hmm. an ember of a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it's really stretching here. So to get away from the cigarette coming at him, he transmogrified into one of the embers of the cigarette. Yeah, no, just a, like a so you wouldn't see him anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. he obfuscated. Sure. Yeah, it's a mystery. or ghost cat. I don't think we're gonna solve it from here. Yeah, it's probably a ghost cat. It's probably the best explanation. Yeah, you know, that's what science says. You just go with the obvious. You know, right? you got, sometimes you got to follow the experts, and we're the experts. It's true. Science says science ghost cat. Science says 
Ghost cat. <laughs> That's a new t-shirt right there. Science says ghost Jake, cat. Jake, thank you for that. That was a good story. That was great. The last meow. Yes. Well, we're going to do Jeremy's crescendo of a story, the Dogman yes. story. We might get to, we'll see if we have time for more. We could do one more speak pipe. Yes. Maybe, maybe Shadows with Teeth is a great story. Or we could save those for the next episode or next listener stories. We'll see where this takes us. But Jeremy, will you take us away with a grave encounter? Give us some setup here. Yeah, so this, I really want to do, do this story. This comes from Jeremy um, in Alabama. This takes place on his uh, family's land where he lived for most of his childhood, he and his family. And the characters of our story here are Jeremy and his dog, Tumor, <laughs> which I thought was a great. Apparently, his sister gave the dog that name because she, uh, quote, was it's an. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. She was an extremely overexcited and playful dog that would literally dive headfirst off of our porch to meet, to meet Jeremy and his sister when they got home from school, but never landed on her feet. So very much like a. How is that a tumor? Well, yeah, because she, she's just kind of like a like. Remember, Dad's dog it didn't Folly? explain what a tumor would be at all. Uh, it, like if it laid on his stomach while he watched television. Well, all the if it, time. was it just not like just this yeah, blob it, sort of thing? That's what I'm well, thinking. It just sounds like tumor is not very uh, coordinated, right? Okay, and maybe maybe like a just a damaging kind of animal because you know I don't, I did not dig deep with Jeremy <laughs> about why he named <laughs> it the damaging kind of animal. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like she, oh, say so she would slam onto the ground, jump up, and charge at us, wanting to be petted or food. I wasn't sure. And then his sister named her tumor. So, I still don't get the connection. I mean, I guess maybe he's a cuddler. You know what? You can follow up with Jeremy and find out, Chris. I'm sure he'll let us know. I don't know why you're pressing me on this part of the story. I just don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a unique name. I like. I think it's a cool name. It's funny. I, I like it. Shadow would be a good dog name. Shut up, John. I think Tumor is That's a fine my name. I tell you to shut up. Anyways, so yeah, he and his family spent most of his childhood up on that property. It's about an hour outside of Huntsville, Alabama, just to give us some frame of reference here. Another interesting thing about this property that Jeremy lives on, lived on is that apparently they had a whole penumbra of bizarre experiences, including demons, ghosts, strange lights, sounds, all kinds of supernatural and unnatural occurrences. It's like a Skinwalker Ranch situation. Yeah. So this land kind of has a history of this uh, within their family. And uh, he didn't want to tell anyone this story. And I, he's kept it to himself all this time because I guess he confided that some of his family has had a history of drug and alcohol abuse. And he was afraid that that would be part of the accusation leaned against him. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you well, you're just, you know... You're probably just doing drugs. So that's not where the story is coming from. It's not coming from any kind of, you know, influence. Right. So I call the story, I'm not sure what Jeremy calls it, but I called it a grave encounter. Well done. Thanks. Is there a grave in it? Why don't we listen to the story, Chris? <laughs> Jeez. The story is not an easy one to tell. I tried to forget this encounter, even trying to convince myself it was a dream but I know better. I've shared another story and it felt good, so I thought I would delve deeper and share the worst one. Hopefully sharing the story can inspire people to not immediately think that they're crazy or alone when seeing things like this. It happens. And while society may not believe you, others have shared experiences. And after all, we're all in this strange hole together. That's right. So to get started, I have to say that I used to love the woods. I would constantly head out to the woods after school to simply explore. There were supposed to be old coal mines and caves out in the woods, and instead of being smart and avoiding them, I went looking for them. Spoiler alert, I never <laughs> found one. Most of my experiences out in the woods were uneventful, but one freaked me out, and the other caused me to never go in the woods on that land again. I wouldn't go outside at night for a couple years after this. My entire family can vouch that one. I used to walk to my grandma's all the time, since she lived in walking distance from our house. 
It was family land. But after that experience, I never walked to her house once the sun was down. Like any other evening, I was walking home from school. Homework not done, and I was out in the woods exploring. I actually got home last off the bus, so it was around five. Seeing as how I got home at four and had been in the woods for a while, though the sun was setting, but I still had enough time to play. I was near the old graveyard that our land met at. I believe it was a Civil War graveyard, or at least most of the people buried there were Civil War veterans. It was extremely overgrown and abandoned. I had my dog with me. Her name was Tumor. She was ecstatic to be a part of the adventure that we did every day, but she acted like it was the first time. Around the graveyard, I kept looking for the supposed mine entrance that my brother swore he had found, but I didn't see anything. I started to climb up this big hill that actually peaked at the edge of the graveyard when I smelled it. I can't explain it, except to say it smelled horrible, like rotten meat or decay. Tumor did too, and was being extremely still staring up the hill was extremely unusual for her. She was usually the first to charge at unknown things, whether it be a deer or another dog. My initial thoughts were that someone threw out a deer carcass at the graveyard. It wouldn't be the first time. I kept climbing, having to look down at my hand and feet to make sure I didn't lose my footing. It was extremely steep, and I would have to grab small trees that were poking out from the hills to keep from sliding. Tumor then made this horrible yelling bark that I hadn't heard her make before. She ran down the hill, and I didn't get a chance to see where she went. Then I looked up and saw what I thought for a split second was a large dog looking down at me, but it didn't take long to realize it was something else. I was downhill and not very tall, so I can only guess that this thing stood six or maybe six and a half feet tall. It was up on its back legs, but I didn't get a chance to analyze whether or not the legs bent backwards, like I've since heard in descriptions of similar sightings. I stared at its eyes and its teeth, and that's all I remember. Other than the fact that this was a large wolf or dog-looking head on a very wide, fur-covered body on two legs, its eyes stood out to me. Its eyes were so black that I don't remember seeing pupils. It didn't have the glowing yellow eyes or human-looking eyes that I've read about. They looked pure black. My legs gave out. I couldn't breathe. And I fell. I'm not sure if I passed out or what, but the next thing I know, I was at the bottom of the hill, scratched to hell from the bushes and feeling sick to my stomach. The sun was still up, but I feel like maybe time had passed. I'm not sure how long. The smell was still there, but I didn't see the thing. My immediate memory after that is a little shaky, but I know I somehow got to my feet and I know somehow I ran home. It wasn't far exactly, but in that moment, it felt like miles to me. I bet. I got home and I cried. Even writing this makes me emotional, but I'm not entirely sure why. Because as horrifying as it was, and knowing it could have killed me, it didn't do anything that I'm aware of. Not even growl. I'm not sure if I just passed out from shock, or if I'm just a coward and the fear made me lose consciousness. All I know is that the fear itself wasn't normal. I mean, sure, it was scary, but this was something else. It wasn't like I had walked upon a wild animal 
It was like I had stumbled upon fear, and that's all that existed. I know this is a very storybook way of describing it, but I find that writing it out like this makes it a little less real, like it didn't happen to me. It happened to this character in the story, and it helps me to get through it. Over a decade later, and I still get random waves of fear at night. Something tried to break in our home months ago, but my mind wondered if it was that thing and not a person. I have no reason to think that other than the fear. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Interesting stuff in there. It reminds me of the other stories we've heard that seems to tie into graveyards. Yeah. This dogman guard is guardian or is it somehow connected? Is it is there a some sort of veil at these locations? Burial mounds, graveyards. Maybe energy there because of all the death. Do they feed on it? Or is it or is it just a thinner area for some kind of transdimensional? I mean, that's a kind of out there idea, but it's possible. I remember our first dogman episode we did, I remember covering some research regarding specifically protective entities guarding mm. graveyards, dog-like in some cultures. And I can't, now I can't remember what that was for. I think that was the first or second Dogman episode we did, but interesting that keeps coming up. Yeah. And again, these telltale signs of Dogman encounters, the overwhelming unearthly fear, the fact that you're not hurt, mm-hmm. but you know that you could have been killed. It's, it's interesting that when he says he passes out from, you know, if it was shock or or what, but that fear was so palpable. And it makes me think of, I don't know if it's uh, tigers. I think some tigers, maybe all tigers have that infrasound Mm-hmm. ability where it paralyzes the, belief, the animal where the animal can't move like that's part really? of the predator prey relationship with the tiger in that characteristic of the roar the growl well that's interesting because in the last episode we did remember we talked about sylvan dread mm-hmm. we talked about one of the possible explanations for that intense fear in the forest when you're alone could come from low frequency oh right yeah low frequencies from animals from predators specifically because it's supposed to put that fear into you mm-hmm Interesting. Well, it's interesting, too, that uh, that graveyard connection you're talking about, and uh, we covered in our last Dogman episode, the connection to graveyards a little bit. We talked about Jefferson County, Wisconsin. Wasn't that where the story came from with the church? Gadara. Oh, yeah. Gadara. Right. That, uh, yeah, that was Jefferson County. That was seen. Remember that, John? Mm-hmm. That was Jefferson County, but that was one of the earliest encounters with something like this in the United States, this werewolf-looking kind of creature uh, but it was burying something, right? It was guarding a grave or something. It was on a bar- it was on a mound, a mound in the graveyard. They had right? these native mounds there. It was by the church, though, right? Mm-hmm. School. I think it was a school. Saint Coletta. Saint Coletta. Okay. Another interesting thing in Jeremy's story that made me think of too is he was out looking for a mine, and a lot right. of times you see people discussing different ideas of dogman research and different avenues, like how these things coming and going, these large predators in these areas, and then someone presented a map of underground tunnels and networks throughout the United States, and it's gigantic. Yeah. Um, if you look at how some of these things might connect. That's an interesting idea. We talked about that when we did our um, episode on the Van Meter Visitor. Yeah. The idea of underworld entities using mines as travel. That was a big part of that episode. But I think with you know with these things, it's definitely a possibility, maybe more likely in these situations, the whole interdimensional thing. I know it's starting to sound cliche because we use that so much, but it just seems appropriate. Well, wherever the dogmen are going is probably where that cat is poofing off to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? You know, maybe this is the same kind of system. You think dogmen... Chase cats? <laughs> I just wonder. Well, yeah. you know, they're half man and half dog. dog, so maybe they chase them, but they can also keep them as pets. I still can't get the kangaroo vision out of my head after watching yeah. that video when we're talking about the dog man. Pretty great video. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't explain everything, but it definitely would be pretty creepy to see that thing at night. Mm-hmm. Standing at your window. Definitely dog-like. It'd you be know? some Australian oh, yeah. encounters, you know, window encounters for sure. 
It's definitely a possibility. But yeah. I feel like if you're in Australia, you probably would think that. Too. The first thought would probably be kangaroo. You're right. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not a not dog man. A werewolf yeah. creature. Yeah, they're not six foot tall either. Well, they're pretty tall looking. Yeah, how tall Maybe do like they five, get? Five. Learn that up, Chris. I'm learning it up right now. Learn it up. How tall do kangaroos get? Oh, three to eight feet. Eight? Three <laughs> to eight terrible. feet. Oh. Yeah. Is that with on its tail? I think they could probably fit you in their pouch. They're that tall. So like standing fully um, erect, leaning back on its tail? Eight foot tall kangaroo. I don't even believe that. That's what it says. <laughs> One, three meters. That's taller than like the tallest basketball player. No. Yeah. No. Probably. probably. That, pretty what? much. There's some people that are like 10 feet tall, right? What? Why are you talking Not playing about? basketball? I mean, like they have the uh, genetic disorder. Yeah, LeBron but- James is like 6'8". Yeah. Salueman Ali That's a, oh, looks like a foot taller than LeBron James. Well, he's not the tallest guy to compare to. He's no, just good at basketball. Seven, he's seven and a half one feet. Of the tall, I mean, seven and a half feet is the current tallest basketball player, supposedly. Yeah, 2020, 2021 NBA player from the Boston I mean, the there's Boston, been some maybe Boston close to eight feet. A people. kangaroo can Boston reach Celtics. heights from anywhere from three to eight feet. That's one to three unreal, meters, dude. And can weigh between 40 and 200 pounds. Hey, Siri, look up. I'm looking it up here. Hey, Siri, <laughs> what's the tallest? Okay. The eastern gray kangaroo is the heaviest marsupial in the world, and the red kangaroo is the largest. That's insane. Well, that's Dogman. A male kangaroo can leap to lengths <laughs> of close to 30 feet. And that's what the... Remember that? It's right, those kangaroos jumping across in roads. Summit County, then. Yeah, dude. Well, there have been reports in Appalachia of uh, the Appalachian kangaroo. Remember that one story that's close by the Dogman sightings where they leapt across the road right. chasing a deer mm-hmm. or something? But dog- Maybe we have carnivorous kangaroo. 30 feet. Summit County. I mean, the way that kangaroos run, mm-hmm. I, or the jumping yeah. that we're talking about is not the same as gracefully running. Yeah, but often they're described as bounding. There are some times where there's bounding or even like crab-like. I've heard weird reports. Yeah, of it's these weird. Crab. Crab-like dog man. Or bipedal canines uh-huh. walking crab-like. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's strange. It's possible. There are all kinds of things in this world. Oh, right here. Diet. Kangaroos often are known to eat deer. What? That's not true. <laughs> That'd be a nightmare. Giant <laughs> kangaroos existed? Okay. Um, <laughs> there's another episode coming. Humans lived along giant kangaroos and lizards in ancient Australia. I mean, this is probably... It's a magical country. Ridiculous. I wanted to wrap up... Just ju- hold on. I want to read this real quick. Okay. And then we'll move on. But this is fascinating. Does anyone else think it's fascinating? Yeah, very fascinating. I just want to see it quickly. How how tall these... I was going to read that. Two, two, two meters. Two and a half meters. Which yeah. is, I don't know what that means. That's like, I'm uh, an American. Uh, that's pretty close to how big that, that's like nine feet, 10 feet. You know who we need to ask about this? Ben Roberts, our friend from Australia. Oh, yeah. Who called in? He would know. Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts. He actually, he wanted us to cover the uh, question of, does Australia exist? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I actually found a really good blog about that. I was going to read it on the, maybe I'll just say yeah, it's that, pretty hilarious. It's all tongue in cheek, but it's pretty hilarious. One of the things is talking about like the ridiculous animals. Oh, yeah. You believe that these animals are real? Come on. <laughs> right. We'll have to do an episode on yeah, that. Yeah, that was a great, uh, it was a speak pipe from Ben, I think. He said, I'd like to hear you guys talk about that because I'm, I live here. I'm here right now. I'm here right now. He said it with a more endearing Australian accent, obviously. Right. Suggestions for stories. Um, I think I brought it up once before in a writing or a comment somewhere. Um, the, Weird notion that Australia doesn't exist, which is strange because I'm there right now. So look at that thing. Kangaroos are terrifying. I've seen him in real life at a zoo. Dude, he is jacked. Just sad, but like so scary. Bulging muscles and veins popping out of his. Yeah, they're buff, bro. Like real buff. Like that is a scary looking. I mean, he's like. And a their gorilla. claws are creeping me. They're almost like dinosaurian. I think it was the Akron Zoo or Cleveland. I can't remember. They let you walk. I remember that with them, yeah. like through their enclosure. Dude, kangaroos mm-hmm. are like rabbit dogs. 
Giant rabbit dogs. That's a good observation, John. That's pretty accurate with pouches. I'm sorry we took a little detour, but I'm just fascinated by these things. I just can't believe they're real. And you, you don't think about them. Guys, we'll much. have pictures of kangaroos in our show notes. <laughs> so you can, you can get an idea what we're talking about. Sorry. I just, I'm They're amazed. Crazy. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I was just going to say, John, we could go see them in person. What do you mean? They're at the Cleveland Zoo. I don't like zoos. I don't either. But you can walk in there, walk around in their little land, the kangaroo land. Is that in Cleveland you can do that? It's Cleveland or Africa. You have to wear a mask. The kangaroos are wearing them, so you better be respectful. <laughs> uh, to wrap up Jeremy's story, I just wanted to close with, this was an interesting thought he had. In regards to being reluctant to sharing these kind of more outlandish experiences people have, you said, I'll always remember it, and I know what I saw, no matter what anyone says. I find it interesting that for centuries people saw werewolves and believed in them. Now hardly anyone believes, but they believe in Bigfoot. Now there are Bigfoot experiences with very few werewolf sightings. I believe that people see a giant hairy creature and instantly jump to Bigfoot instead of werewolf because of this. But what I saw was definitely more canine than ape or man. That's true. That's interesting because that story in Jefferson County that we covered from Linda Godfrey in our last document episode, it was reported as an upright walking canine. And the media somehow got a hold of it and they reported it as, as a, a Bigfoot. Foot. Yeah, that happens a lot. How often does that happen? How often do people just not tell the stories because they sound crazy? Yeah, no one believes in werewolves. Well, it doesn't have to be a werewolf. No, but what I'm saying is th- when you tell an average guy in the st- or gal on the street this, they're like, okay, you saw a werewolf? Come well, on. it is a lot. I think the reason, one of the reasons it is a lot harder to believe, the idea of dogmen is so outlandish because it's connected to the werewolf and the werewolf- The shape-shifting. Yeah, you're a Therianthrope. Like you can get bitten. You get the, you know, you have all these visions of people with torn jeans and ripped right. wife beaters. And the superstitions that come along with it and, right. you know, that trans transformation. Not that that's impossible. Right, but that's but a lot more outlandish than an upright walking canid species that has existed for millennia just in small pockets living underground. That And it also sounds crazy, <laughs> as I say it, but it's a lot more believable than someone transforming. I still like the trans-dimensional idea. Well, that's all, yeah. I know that sounds crazy too. I mean, not to our listeners, but... Because that could explain so many different aspects of these phenomena, and you could tie them more together. Yeah. Not that they are; they all should be, but I mean, it definitely is an option when we have this haunted planet, as John Keel liked to say, yeah, where you have all these different sorts of phenomena that almost it seems to be playing with you, the trickster idea. But and then to my point, I don't think Jeremy experienced a kangaroo. That's what's what I'm going to no. say. No, 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 no. Unless it was a magic kangaroo. <laughs> what? <laughs> where what? are you? <laughs> No. Where's your brain? Oh, well, I mean, something <laughs> weird happened to him. It seems like more than just oh, right, whatever he well, saw. And the, that phrase just sounds amazingly hilarious. Unless it was a magical kangaroo. Unless it was a magical kangaroo, you never know. <laughs> it sounds like a great Saturday morning cartoon. They did have that piece of news that everyone was talking about that just happened. That oh. I don't know if we wanted to touch on that ties into our, the expansion. What's the news? Did you hear about the cylindrical UFO that buzzed that American Airlines flight a few days ago? Uh-uh. We have, I have a clip to play from the radio if you want. Well, we'll save the rest of these stories for the next Listener Stories episode then. We've got a lot of great Listener Stories. Yeah, and if you so. haven't heard your story yet, it's coming down the pipe eventually. If you haven't heard back from us, check your junk mail because I've been responding. Yeah. Or if I missed you, just reach out again. Yeah, so what's this in the news? I missed doing our news segment. Okay, so if you guys didn't hear what happened, I think it was on, was it on February 21st here? So on February 21st, the uh, American Airlines Airbus A320 was buzzed by a mysterious cylindrical object. You guys didn't hear about this? Mm-mm. At high speed, it was the plane was traveling between Cincinnati and Phoenix. A guy caught it on his radio. There's a fellow by the name of Steve Douglas. He's a master radio interceptor. Oh, I guess cool. that's the title. 
Um, I want to do that. So he was the original guy to record it, and you only hear the pilot's side reacting to this thing that he sees. And they were thinking it's because that Steve's multiple scanner setup potentially had blotted out the reply from the air traffic controllers. So you only hear the pilot's. Bummer. Uh, the FAA statement, I guess let's just play the clip first, and then I'll yeah. give you a little response from the FAA. It's American Airlines? American Airlines, yeah. And this was from February 21st this occurred. Have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us that... I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of them. Creepy. Yeah, so something was up there that spooked him. Yeah. Cruise missile, I mean, that's a scary thought on its own. Yeah, I would imagine if it was like a military exercise, they wouldn't be firing it where, you know, they coordinate with air traffic. Right, well, it was over, let's see here, over New Mexico. I think in one of the corners of New Mexico. Someone made the statement that it was near White Sands. Oh, okay. But... The idea that that would be a hot zone and they'd be firing off missiles and these people wouldn't know about it is kind of crazy. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's it's also, yeah, cruise missile, but also that's such a stereotypical unidentified flying object. The cylinder. Mm -hmm. The cigar, the silver cigar. Right. It's interesting. It's funny because when I first heard you mention that story, I thought it was a released statement by... American Airlines or something released that audio recording. I didn't realize somebody like somebody snagged picked it. it up. And because of that, they had to kind of answer for it. Um, so this is the statement from the FAA. And this also adds to the idea that it's not anything that would have been, that should have been out there. So the FAA statement reads as follows. A pilot reported seeing an object over New Mexico shortly after noon local time on Sunday, February 21st, 2021. FAA air traffic controllers did not see any object in the area on their radar scopes. Hmm. So it wasn't on radar, and it buzzed the pilots. Missiles show up on radar, so... I, wait, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I would imagine. Right? Yeah, certain radar anyway. We're airspace experts, but yeah, I would think that missiles show up on... Is that kind of the point? Right. Well, you, that's why you have, like, missile defense programs. I don't know if regular air traffic control radar would pick up missiles. Missiles on radar <laughs> You don't have to look it up. I mean, it's not that important to this, but maybe it is. Okay. Let's say yes. Okay. Well, that ties into our expansion episode. Expansion. Our haunted skies. That's what we're going to do. And it's what? not just ghosts. It's all kinds of weird phenomenon that's been seen in the skies. Somebody gets a snellygaster? <laughs> There's no, not going to be any snellygaster. What, what about a... Uh, There's enough strangeness in the sky. What about the... Sky whale phenomenon. There, maybe we'll get a sky whale in there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, definitely some phantom aircraft, some uh, ghostly visits in, in the uh, atmosphere. Um, there are bizarre things that happen in the sky, John. Absolutely. And we're going to see try a sky, John? A Sky John. A Sky John. Have you seen a Sky John? Yeah. What does he sound like? Really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they just make that screech and they dribble a soccer ball. Kick soccer the sky. ball. Then, and, yeah. they, and they mix with headphones uh-huh. as they're going. And they drink uh, good and gathers. It's <laughs> very odd. It's creature. terrifying. Uh, they're handsome, but they're in good shape. It's all get out. They're in good shape, and they're usually sweating from a recent sky sauna visit. <laughs> And just, you know, like Belief Hole does, we're going to be bringing some stories you've never heard and some interesting angles. So get ready for our haunted skies. Yeah, and if anyone else is interested in that cylindrical UFO story, we will have that in the show notes too. You can read more about it since we kind of just breezed over it. But Yeah, um, so if you got any stories you want to share, feel free to share. Uh, you will either play it on the show. You'll definitely go in our Belief Hole archive that we're working on building. Online, as, online. as like a kind of a blog type situation right. where you can, you can access these crazy, weird... Fascinating stories. It'll be cool and, when that's all up. Yeah. We'll have quite the archive at some mm-hmm. point, I'm sure. That's going to be my next uh, priority after finishing our expansion platform, which yeah. is our super special, somewhat secret, almost released uh, Patreon alternative. We have a, an idea of when it will be officially announced? Um, 
I could give it now. People can go sign up now. Yeah. It's working. What are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? Uh, there are certain things that I wanted to have in place. Like, uh, we don't have tiers yet. I was going to talk about that, but we don't have to. But yeah, if you got, if you guys are interested in checking this out, it's kind of in beta mode. So, but if you're tired of Patreon and you want to give us, we'll get a bigger cut. We get more of the donation money. you give us because Patreon takes a, a sizable fee, especially the more you're on so Patreon. If you want to push the hole further and longer and deeper. Yeah, come on over to the beta version. Plus, of, I think we are at some point we are going to give something extra over there to kind of incentivize encourage more people. people to come over. Yeah. But also yeah. for you non-patrons, uh, it is double the content. So every time we drop an episode, you will get an expansion episode that's just as juicy as the main feed yeah. drop. And some bonus content like live streams. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to know where to try this out, this is the alternative to Patreon. It's called the Expansion Experience. That's what I decided to call it. <laughs> but uh, it's expansion.beliefhole.com. Or you can just go to beliefhole.com and click on the Join the Expansion button hovering at the bottom right side of your screen. Um, it's made from my own blood, sweat, and tears. Made from organic bamboo. And a Jeremy Love. And Jeremy Love. Jeremy Love. So kind of in beta mode, but it's pretty much ready to go. If you guys want to check it out, go there, sign up, and I will give you a hidey ho. It's made from the hide of a sky whale. <laughs> it is. Hewn from the hide of the sky whale. It's strong and it smells delicious. Like sky calamari. <laughs> it's strong and it smells delicious. <laughs> so come on over and check it out. Uh, those of you that are on Patreon right now, if you're paying a higher amount, like uh, whatever it is above the $5 minimum, um, there isn't the option for that at Go. So there, I'm going to work in tier, tiers into it eventually, but right now it's $5 uh, a month or you can pay annually and save a little bit. So um, come check it out, expansion.beliefful.com. Get, get some more stuff. We'd love to see you there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we have two stingers now to play. Okay. So we have, uh, first one I'm going to play is... Madison Miller? Madison Miller. Yeah. She goes by Maddie. And she likes the Fae. Awesome. And she had a couple other things, but this was kind of the thing that stuck out. Cool. By Fae, you mean fairies, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Fae folk. She said that when she was young, she considered stepping in a fairy ring, and I didn't understand Ooh, what that means. You know what that means? No. Okay, fairy ring, uh, something you would see usually in the grass. Mm-hmm. Um but you don't want to go in those unless you want to be taken to another realm. Fairy oh, realm. so they do take you. Abduction. Yeah, missing time. I mean, that's why they're, you know, these they're also associated with uh, like UFO landings and that kind of right. thing. People argue that it's just uh, mushrooms, mm-hmm. a certain kind of spore or something that grows in a circular ring, which they do. Yeah, is it mushrooms or something grows in a circle. Those are uh, known as fairy rings. It's like a term. I mean, I, yeah, I looked it up. But yeah, as far, as far as like an actual fairy ring, it's like where fairies dance. So you would see this like where the ground grass has been laid down because fairies are dancing around a circle. If you join them in that fairy realm, you'll disappear oh. and go. And then the idea is you go into the fairy realm. And usually the the uh, the concept is years and years pass by, uh-huh. you know, Rip Van Winkle kind of stuff. You come back and then if you get, come back at all. Right. But they trick you. Don't drink any liquids, John. If you get taken into a fairy realm, do not drink or eat anything. Why? Because you will not come back. Well, what if it's better? Oh, if you like, you enjoy the fair realm? Yeah. Ah, I never thought about that. I was just going <laughs> to... I think that's why she would want to step into it, because oh, she's yeah, like, yeah. loves them. I found this blog I was going to say, we'll have in the show, it's called How to Identify and Control Fairy Rings. Uh-huh. I was like, that sounds like a <laughs> fun kind of woo-woo uh, blog. And it says, when lawn disease strikes, your dreams of a thick, beautiful lawn may seem <laughs> to slip out of reach. So it's for a lawn care. Okay. Well, let's play the stinger. Let's do Blessings 
Decidedly not creepy. These are nice berries. Yeah, I like yeah. those berries. They're friendly. I'd go with them too. Thick wings. Well, they're big. Yeah. They're not little ones. No, they're like they're close to full size. Pre-made wings. three quarter size. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good size fairy. But I guess by the wing thrust. That was really good, John. Yeah. Yeah. It's very positive and peaceful. Yes, it was supposed to be a little uplifting for Maddie. She Magical. needs a little little boost. So. Well, thank you, Hope Maddie. Hope you like that, Maddie. Thanks. Yeah, hugs from the hole. And this next one is. From Lena, who she's been a patron for a long time. You mean for Lena? Okay, that name sounds For fair. Lena, who is from Lithuania. Awesome. Thank you, Lena. For Get in here. Thanks for hanging in the hole all this time. To let that sit. I Speaking love that of magical, sound of that sounds like Ben Folds almost. Yeah, a little like Ben that. Folds to it. Very musical, John. Lithuania looks magical. Yeah, I know. And I looked at some pretty pictures. beautiful, beautiful place. Sad sentimental note. Um, that's where I was supposed to go with Uncle John before he passed away. Really? Aww. He was going to go teach there. You know, he was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys out there might not know, but brilliant guy, good guy. Uh, he was going to go um, teach and volunteer essentially, and he asked me to go with him. And I was going to go, but then he started. Having symptoms. Of that was a little bit before he died, though, right? That's when he started getting his symptoms. That's why he didn't go. Yeah, I guess dying. I do remember, like, having a conversation. He was just like, you know, I just don't know what don't this know what's is. Wrong. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. Anyway, but anyways, God, yeah, it's a beautiful place. Rest in peace, Uncle John. Maybe he made it there. I hope he's here in the hole. He'd love this show. Radio guy, and he got us into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. That's right. All those years ago, he's chilling with us. Yeah. yeah. We got Arpel on one side, and Uncle John on the other, yeah. <laughs> and. What's that one guy's name? Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. And George Norrie's in the closet. <laughs> Still alive, but just being creepy. And Howie Chizik. Howie Chizik. Thank I've you, never, nice lady. I've never heard him. I only, I only hear him on the sound drops they yeah. do. On the... I used to listen to him growing up. Yeah, so thank you. Lena. Lena. Yeah, thank you, Lena. Much thanks. Lena and Maddie and Sound Iron. And thank you to our new members that have signed up, patrons. And we have a couple people that have already signed up on the expansion platform. Rock on. Uh, so we're going to shout those names out now. Uh-oh. Oh, he's got it ready. I didn't expect that. I love this music. It's so nice. It does feel like a bonus level on Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> Especially with the coins there. I want to sign up. Okay. Just so I get my name read. Okay, go ahead. Elizabeth Powers. Elizabeth. All right. Wow, that was weird. Andy Rose. Araz. Laraz. Billy R. Billy R. I thought you said Billy's arm. Billy's arm. <laughs> he also signs up. And his arm. Kyle Hughes. Hey, Kai Kai. <laughs> Holly Hensman. Ooh, Holly. All right. Holly Hensman. Hen, hen, uh, Come on, Chris. You got something, don't you? Hen, hens and those men. Nope. Never mind. Sorry, sorry I asked. Car- Corey Keith. Two names in one. Better than ever. <laughs> Bobby Morris. All right. Bobby. Did you live up the street from us? I was going to say that. I think he used to punch me. We're having a hard time coming up with things. For I know. Just keep going. Uh, new Beliefful Expansion member. <gasps> Nick 
Fisher. All right. Yay! Catch them. Catch them while they're big. Thanks for trying out the new platform, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Lori Wilmoth. All right. Lori Wilmoth, you are the woman. Of Wilmothness. Oh, I didn't realize Elizabeth Powers is on the new new platform too. I should. All right, thank you again, Elizabeth the Powerful. (laughs) Welcome. In with the expansion, guys. No way. I'm really excited for this next one. New expansion member. Oh, I think the guy who gave us our kangaroo video, Chris O'Donnell. Chris Chris O'Donnell is an actor from the Batman movie. He has returned. (laughs) I knew he was a fan. I think he's probably gets it all the time. Sorry, Chris. Different Chris. And thanks for the kangaroos, my friend. All right, John. Really blowing a load over there, John. All right. Oh, this is a good one. I like this name. Uh, Mikhail Kawai. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. He just wrote us a good little thing. Oh, and he gave us an extra little little, uh, little above and beyond on the generosity level there on Patreon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mikhail. Thank you. Oh, yeah, he wrote something, didn't he? It's really good. What happened to music? Remember? There we go. <laughs> We're back in. Yeah, thank you, Mikhail. Thank you very much. We love you. Ryan Gifford. Hey, bud. You guys will know this name from the episode today, Kylie Dunbar. Kylie Soft Touches Dunbar. <laughs> this is just going to go by now, Soft Touches. Hey, Soft Touches. <laughs> Patrick Revel. Hey, bro. Revel in it, Patrick. Yes. We're reveling in your patronage. Oh, one of my personal favorites, Patchouli Flower. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Well, she's been a long time listener. She's like one of our first YouTube She's on YouTube. Right? She's on Instagram. She's everywhere. She's great. It's a good lady. Get in here with us, Patchouli. Stephanie Vassar. She smells good. Stephanie Vassar. Welcome, Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you for coming. We love you. Happy to have you here. Oh, and signing up again, our best friend again and again, Aaron Francesconi. All right. Buddy. Increasing that patronage. Thank you for supporting the whole. You've been with us for a long time. We appreciate your patronage and your friendship. Yes. We are friends with all of you. (laughs) So thank you for signing up. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Let us know if we did, but I think that's all we got as of today, which is February 25th. For all you listeners out there who have not signed up for the expansion experience, five bucks, you'll hear your name, and you get double the content, double the fun, triple the love from the Beliefhole Brothers. That's right. Feel free to try out the new platform at expansion.beliefhole.com and let us know what you think, because I'm still working on it, but it should be ready to rock and roll. Cool, cool. Well, thank you guys again. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. Listener stories, one of my personal favorite segments to do, maybe my favorite. And stick around for the expansion, or hop on over to the expansion site. Hop on over, hop on over to the expansion. (laughs) The fun doesn't have to end, guys. Come on over, get in the sky with us. Let's get into the weirdness in the skies above. Yeah, check out the show notes for the link to that and link to the episode notes as a whole. And uh, we love you guys, and we will see you next time on Believable. Damon! Oh. Oh, no. Done before that work. Yeah. Sky whale. Oh. We'll cut that off. I like the sky whale. Bye. Okay. Bye guys. Bye.